Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to our second pre-season episode of Supercoach Edge for season 2022. My name's Damon and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. And we just uh, are coming off our first real taste of pre-season action for 2022. And boy, Liam, did it taste good. Yeah, isn't it great just to have footy back on after, you know, it feels like a long, long off-season, to be honest. It feels like we've uh, just just running with the, the food theme that um, we've been starving ourselves yeah. I'm feeling a bit famished for footy. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. It was just great. Yeah. Just getting to getting to watch some more games. Feels yes, a bit closer was... to the actual the actual season starting. Yeah, and, well, uh, it's, a, it's, about it's not too long. It's about 20 days or something. 20 less, days. Maybe. Yeah, so maybe 19 actually. Yeah, wow, it's getting closer. And another um, seven million changes to my super good team to be made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the that's the downside of having that much time still left yeah. before the start of the season is that you just have an endless amount of time, infinite minutes almost to, uh, to change yeah. the team. But, um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's inevitable. But, um, yes, it, uh, there were indeed a few uh, standouts across the, uh, the first, first games that we saw in preseason so far. And um, some that we didn't really factor into our initial watch list uh, that we sort of, I guess, mm. touched on last week that virtually, I reckon, slapped us right <laughs> across the mush with a wet fish, as they say, to remind us that, hey, we're here. We put our hands up. So, um, you know, uh, even more surprising, I think there were a few players um, and some which we'll touch on as well that completely played in a, a completely yeah. different role compared to what they normally would and uh, might actually be uh, early signs to suggest that uh, these are the players that could be granted a new DPP role come the first round of, I guess, what are they calling them? Like a round of DPP changes, inclusions? Yeah, DPP. Round six? Yeah, yeah, round six. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, so that's uh, that was promising to see there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before we analyze each game to the uh, nth degree, 
where can our good folk of the Supercoach Edge community find us? Yeah, on YouTube, you'll find us uh, if you search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, David at, at DavidJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Instagram, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Gee whiz, you've been practicing that over the preseason, I can tell. You've, uh, uh, you've come out strong. I've got to, yeah, I've got to, got to make sure they don't stuff it up or else I am uh, ribbed excessively <laughs> by you. Oh, excessively. Well, excessively. Yeah, yeah, probably excessively. I mean, excessively, what the definition of that is over the course of the entire season. Yeah, probably, it's probably excessively, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of course, as you alluded to there, Liam, we uh, come to you this season in both podcast mm. and in vodcast form. So, uh, you know, there are a few extra visual gags to enjoy that add just, I guess, another layer of delicious goodness, as Bruce would say, that uh, isn't quite captured on the podcast. So, um, mm. I mean, if you've got a taste for that, just again, I don't know why I'm really rolling with these, these food. Yeah, really? Are you really hungry? I'm pushing. Maybe I am actually. Yeah. It's it, while we're recording this, it's nearly quarter to seven. So um, yes, I'm a little bit hungry, hungry, <laughs> for, hungry for footy. <laughs> But uh, you can find us on YouTube just by searching Supercoach Edge and make sure, as they say, Liam. So please, whatever. like and subscribe <laughs> to show uh, mainly YouTube's algorithm that we're you know, quite worthy of, of not being buried underneath the endless amounts of mukbang and cat videos. Because I mentioned to you uh, before the start of the podcast, when I was creating our YouTube channel, one of the first videos recommended to me, of course, was a mukbang video. And it was a guy that was gorging himself with, I think it was like a double double Big Mac meal, like large, it was super large. It must have been based in the US. And on top of that, he had like four hash browns and a can of like that artificial plastic cheese. Ugh. And it went for half an hour. And uh, oh, yes. And as I got to the 29-minute uh, mark of watching it, <laughs> I thought to myself, why would this recommend it to me? So yeah, it's one of those, one of those things. But um. Yes, if, uh, if you are intrigued about uh, the YouTube element, please jump onto that and uh, subscribe, like, and uh, also there's a notification bell there that you can click to be notified when we upload new content. And um, yeah, I guess feel free to comment as well, but uh, no pressure there. <laughs> yeah, just a quick bit of housekeeping before we uh, kick off. As we have had a few people hit us up about the cash league we are running, which is only exclusive to tier three of our Patreon membership. So if you're keen to join, head to www.patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge, but be quick as spots are limited to only 16. And if you have been snapped up already since last week, I think at the current moment, there's about 13 spots left. In addition, you also get a few extra benefits such as access to bonus content, entry into our exclusive Discord group, and the opportunity to uh, video chat to both of us, Damon and I, on a fortnightly basis in season to talk trade strategies and more, just in case you don't hear enough of us each week. I know, people are going to get sick of us. They're probably going to pay us not to actually feature on their feed, but um, hopefully it's not the case. Uh, but yes, very nicely and well said. So uh, without further ado, let's have a look at who caught our eye across the first batch of practice matches with our first recurring segment, Liam. Uh, and it's it's one that's um, ruffled a few feathers last week, mm. but uh, this week you're going to ruffle a few feathers because <laughs> you've since ascended a tree <laughs> and appearing on one of your favorite players. And it is the watch list. Tom. 
In the watch list, we'll dissect the key players from each practice match held over the weekend. So let's uh, just jump straight in and kick off with the first match, David. Yes, and it's uh, it was your your mob mm. up against the Western Bulldogs, and that was actually not a bad match to mm. watch um, for a number of reasons, and we'll we'll list them here. And uh, the first reason was uh, Jordan Ridley. He uh, he's caught a lot of a lot of eyes for. Obvious reasons. Uh, it comes in priced at five thirty-seven one hundred, uh, and obviously selectable as uh, as one of the primo defenders. So we, th- mm. we th- both thought that he was worth mentioning here. And um, as we mentioned on the last ep, Ridley is back to his intercepting best. And uh, I guess the inclusion of Jay Kelly has freed him up, and we saw that on the weekend. Uh, took around eleven marks, which which was quite solid, of course. But uh, didn't unfortunately get a lion's share of the uh, the kick-ins, which uh, which was a bit unfortunate. And I was hoping yeah. uh, to see because I've currently got him in my team. I don't know about yeah. you. Got him in yours yeah, already? I do. Yeah, I do as well. Um, and that was the one thing I thought that yeah. maybe they might lean on him a bit more because yeah. of, of Kelly being there. But um, I guess was it uh, Redmond? I, I spotted him. It taking looked, a couple of yeah, it looks like they were. Um, they were kind of just going with a foot closest to the ball was taking the kick yeah. in. Um, so there was kind of, didn't seem like there was any particular strategy. It was just kind of a widespread across the team, um, which maybe it was just practice match. Yeah. Just testing it out. But hopefully we are, uh, hopefully we get to see Ridley taking a few more and hopefully we'll see that in the next practice match. He did take a ripper of a mark as well. Oh, just actually two really good marks. Um, but we'll move just on. Lingo style. <laughs> yeah, one was. The other one was just like he just stuck his hand in the air and the ball just like landed in his hand. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It's a Don's fan. Hopefully it takes and some speaking more of those. Of, speaking of beautiful, sorry, just uh just a segue <laughs> there. We couldn't couldn't pass up. Speaking of beautiful, Liam, who have we got next? Yes, yeah, so we got Andrew McGrath up next. 464k, 6.6k midfield eligible. But could a defensive DPP be on the cards? Uh, you'd have to watch his position. He did rotate through the defensive half and through the midfield, a role that we uh, saw in his first season at the Dons as a sort of a defensive small for, uh, small defender. Um, I wouldn't be picking him just yet, but um, could be one to watch and pick up sort of mid-season um, if he does continue and get that mid-defensive DPP. And I think he... He did score 115 on, on Wednesday. So it, it was a good, it's a good role for him. And I think he'll score well. Um, and also obviously mixing it up with a bit of midfield time. Um, and it gives him a good opportunity to score well. Yeah, one to one to watch, especially with that uh, potential yeah. defender DPP on the card. So um, yeah, it's it's one that's uh, that caught my eye. And yeah, for that, uh, that main reason there. But another guy uh, who I was, was, was eyeing early on uh, before, this, this game, he was actually in my team at stages, but unfortunately, Jai Caldwell, uh, priced at 266700 mm. uh selectable only as a midfielder this season. He didn't quite set the world on fire uh, mm. against the Dogs. He, he only managed a score of, uh, of only 51, but probably most concerningly, uh, he didn't start the game in the middle, which I thought he might, um, you know, from all reports, and, and you'll be able to fill in the blanks here as well. Mm. But, I mean, obviously coming off a long-term injury last year um, and was setting the... Uh, you know, the, the training of light virtually um, yeah. over the, the preseason leading into this first game. And I thought, you know, he's going to be best 22 and he's going to start, you know, in the engine room at, at the very least. And But unfortunately wasn't to be. It looked like, like he was uh, managed for minutes um, and he's actually wasn't the top choice um, for the first CBA, uh, which was Merritt, Parrish and Shield. So I thought Shield was probably one that we're going to try and manage yeah. because he's, you know, most recently coming off an injury, but wasn't to be. It was, uh, it was quite strange but yeah one to watch especially coming into this um this amy community series game 
Yeah, definitely. I think at his price, there's other probably better options in that midfield role. But if he if he has a really, you know, great game and it is just a case of he was being managed, I mean, maybe he's, he's still what I'd be considering for just watching. Um, moving on, next cab off the rank is Ben Hobbs, 153.3k midfielder, uh, obviously the Don's first round pick, but he didn't really feature much in the game, only playing the, the one quarter and then playing in the VFL game um, that was played um, directly after the, after the practice match. Um, he's probably not going to looking at this stage, it's not looking like a likely first starter, uh, first round starter. So I'd watch him, but I'd be planning to not start him at this stage. Yeah. He might, might be a, sort of a candidate that we could identify later in the season for, mm. and hopefully that's the case because you don't want every rookie starting around one. So no. he might be a handy one to, to identify later on in the season as a bit of a downgrade option. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, and for the dogs, moving on to them, uh, it's an obvious one, but uh, probably should touch on him. And that is Jack McRae. Everyone should have him locked in their team. And for obvious reason, he comes in at a pricey 699900 but for good reason. And he showed that as well against uh, against the Dons, where he finished with 126, according to Fantasy Frico. And um, what more can you say? I mean, you've always got to trust McRae. Uh, he can just rack up the ball at will and uh, is an absolute lock. That's pretty much it. Yeah, definitely. Um not much more to add to that. So let's move on to Adam Trelaw, $483,200 midfield and forward eligible. So some nice DPP action there. Uh, he was probably the best on ground until about half time. He looked just great and was absolutely everywhere. Uh, he'd kicked a goal, had about 25 disposals, if not more. Um, but he only attended surprisingly about eight CBAs and that was out without Smith and Beside. Um, I will note that he does love playing the Dons, um, but I don't think he's a bad pick. I think he's would be one that'd be good for those that don't mind a high risk, but high reward player. Um, at this stage is not featuring in my side. I think at that price, I'm not entirely sure I want him. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point as well. And I think the points you made there, you know, especially without Smith being on the side. And then I think the Bont only played half a game as well. Yeah. As well. Um, you know, if Bont played a full game, would that have meant that Trelaw may have only got half of his CBAs that he actually got? Um, you know, who knows? But yeah, it's kind of hard to see until mm. you see him play in, you know, a fully strength um, Bulldog side. So for me, he's on the watch list, uh, most definitely. And he'll stay there uh, based upon, you know, what he showed against the Dons. But I mean, most impressive for me was the fact that he wasn't just marooned up forward. He was actually, yeah. when the ball was, you know, transitioning from the Dogs forward line, you know, the opposite end of the field, Trelaw was actually following the ball down. And then at stages there, he was playing in the middle, getting a, a couple of cheeky CBAs. But um, yeah, one that you have to watch, I think for sure, but probably don't, uh, don't be too hasty about. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, Josh Dunkley and he's priced at 558, 200 selectable as a handy midfielder and forward. And uh, I guess, probably most promisingly was the fact that he had the third most CBAs for the dogs and scored 124 points, which I was, to be honest, I was really surprised that he actually scored that well. Um, whilst he was around the ball and, and did a couple of nice things, I was really surprised that he scored that high. Um, so it shows the, you know, I guess the impact that he does have. Um, and he doesn't have to be, a, I guess, a, a complete standout to, to score that high, like someone else we know in Bulldogs <laughs> colours, Bond. Um, but I guess the caveat on you know, the CBA front is the fact that, again, as we mentioned just before, Bont had reduced CBAs and only played that half a game. Um, but yeah, still managed to find plenty of the footy and had 12 clearances. 
And also, as I mentioned from the top there, that midfielder forward eligibility is uh, is the complete sealer. I think uh, everyone should have him in their side. Mm-hmm. Locked into my forward line and has not moved out of out of that F1 position. Um, next up, we've got Bailey Dale, 518.3K defensive eligible this year. He took the lion's share of the kick-ins for the dogs. And I guess with Bailey Dale, you kind of just know what you're going to get. Um, he's a consistent scorer, but his ceiling isn't super high, but equally in saying that his floor isn't, isn't that low either. So he's probably one for those who um, don't want to take too many risks. Um, but, you know, he's not a bad choice. I don't mind, but probably just not one that it's going to feature in my side at that sort of price level. I think there's better options um, to start with, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And, and just quickly as well, because Caleb Daniel, he uh, he was kind of sharing the kick-ins with Daniel and and I wouldn't want to select him for that reason either because I think they will eat up each other's, mm. um, you know, I guess ability to to generate easy points off kick-ins. Um, but like you said, I mean, yeah, Bailey Dale, is, Bailey Dale is one of those guys that you can hang your hat on for a consistent score, but one that isn't necessarily consistently high. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know what you're going to get from him. But moving on to uh, the second game, and it did involve my mob, Carlton, up against the Saints, and we got a win on the board. <laughs> Woo! I can see, as a Carlton supporter, you got you to hang your hat on that. <laughs> so um, I definitely am. No, I'm not. The lid, the lid is firmly on. I hope coming so. off, it's coming off slightly. Uh, <laughs> first, first player to speak of uh, is the captain, outright captain this year in Paddy Cripps. Uh, priced at 454-800 as a midfielder, of course. And uh, hands down, he was the best midfielder of the game and looks to be ready and raring to go. You know, previous seasons, we know he's had a few niggles, back mm. issues and the like, and that really has uh, put, you know, a cap on, I guess, his scoring potential, uh, as annoying as that is. Um, he's, he's kind of going to last year. He was one guy that, that really seduced me. And I, I think he seduced quite a few. I don't know. Did he, did you start with him? No. no see, I was no. seduced by, I think it was a Carlton factor got me as well. Yeah. Uh, use the heart. It was more probably more heart than head. Except um, you didn't start Walshy. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. See, that's again using. Oh, that was me trying to use my head <laughs> head over my heart, but my head was only half a brain in that that case. But yeah. anyway, let's let's never speak of that again. I'm sorry, sorry, Walshy. Um, but just on Batty Cripps, he uh, he's obviously cheap. But uh, there's got to be questions over his consistency mm. and ability to score after the last few seasons. Like I just touched on, yes, he's had his his injury issues. But I think because of that, I'd want to see at least a patch of form where we can see consistent scores week after week. Um, and I mean, at that price point, and it is an awkward price point. And if he was to actually go into round one and then have a bit of a stinker and then round two, follow that up and you know, so on and so forth. It's you're going to be stuck. Last year, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly just right. Started and bleeding money. Yeah, and it got to a stage last year where I kept him. I think it was up until about round six because of the fact that I, I I paid that amount of money and didn't have enough money in the bank at that stage to upgrade into anyone of note. So I just had to stick with him. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and you've said this as well, at his price at the moment, he's probably a keeper. Um, and for him to be a successful, you know, cash generator, he's got to make probably about 100 to 150K. And if he does that, he obviously sits around about the 550, 600K mark and, you know, you'd want to keep him. So you wouldn't necessarily be using him as a stepping stone. So yeah. if you are selecting him, you are banking on the fact that, yes, he's going to be right to go. And yes, he's going to perform back at that, you know, that really consistent high level of scoring. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree there. I think that's what scares me off is his price point. Um, he doesn't seem like an underpriced 
I mean, he's an underpriced mid for what he's capable of, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to perform at the same level as the other primos that uh, that we'd be wanting to get. Um, but moving on to George Hewitt, 399k defensive and midfield eligible. He scored 99 points on the weekend. I'm sorry, not on the weekend, on the Thursday, after a dominant display. Uh, had 14 CBAs, tackled and one contested ball, which is all super coach gold. Uh, coming from coming from Sydney, where he was forced into a multitude of roles as the team uh, required of him, he's got that handy DPP status with the deaf and midfield eligibility. Um, but with Walsh for a turn at some point, um, what does his role look like? He's a bit of an awkward price too. Um, mm. To me, he, he sort of sits in that point where you could be a stepping stone because he's He's sort of just under 400k. It does mean that if he, you know, wants to make that 150, is going to be 550k. You probably could use him as a stepping stone, especially if his output drops off. For me, it almost becomes a bit of a luxury trade. Um, but with the extra five trades issue, maybe maybe it's acceptable if you are if you're good at budgeting your trades, <laughs> unlike myself and me, <laughs> a majority of people. But yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, and also on top of that, we haven't really seen him outside of that role as being a tagger um, when he's been played in the middle. So the jury is out on his true scoring ceiling. Um, he's averaged, you know, only about the mid-70s over the years, except for 2019 when he did average 87.9, massive, massive mm-hmm. average there for a midfielder that you're kind of wanting to keep. I don't know. He's, he's probably not on my watch list personally. I think there's other options that I'd be more sure on but i don't know maybe if you're a blue supporter <laughs> well i'm a blue supporter of course no <laughs> i don't know how you guess that but uh for me i he doesn't appeal unfortunately yeah. I, I don't know if if it's because i've been burnt in the past mm. by guys of that sort of price point and again it goes back to the point like i was making with with crips there that if he does fail in the early rounds and you don't really like very rarely do you have enough money in the bank to upgrade him to someone of note yeah um if anything, you're probably going to downgrade him. Um, that's really your only option. But uh, yeah, for me, I, because there's no real history there, I know he's, he's played uh, at times for the Swans as a tagger more traditionally, and then he's been played off halfback and whatnot. Uh, there's been no real consistent um, show of form historically to suggest that, yes, he's going to come out firing and he's going to you know average yeah. 90 plus or thereabouts and go up in price to then justify him being a keeper or using him as a stepping stone. And yeah, that's kind of like that point you were saying, like, is he considered a keeper? Is he a stepping stone? And who knows, like, you know, with the added DPP status to, to guys like um, McGrath or Pendlebury, who we'll touch on shortly as well. um, That kind of puts him down the list as well. Once those Mm -hmm. guys are actually activated as defensive options. So for me, when you stack up, stack that up against other options um, or future options that could pop up, he, he sits way down the list for me, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on to uh, one of my personal favorites, and it is the uh, the jumping Charlie Kerno, jumping Jack. Um, he comes in priced at 224-300, uh, obviously as a forward. And as mentioned on the last episode, he does loom as a bit of a Danaher of uh, season 2022 you know, he's, he's cheap. He's around about that mark, uh, similar to Danaher last season. And he could be a really handy cash cow on field, um, you know, which is especially in a part of the ground that's devoid of strong rookie options at the moment up forward. So um, he does appeal there. And his role without McKay, uh, probably it might be a bit uncertain super coach wise as well. Um, 
I guess the pleasing thing was that uh, Brody Kemp, he did come in and play as a as more of that stay at home forward in place of, of Harry, whilst Kerno did uh, you know allowed Kerno to do a bit more roaming upfield. Mm-hmm. So signs are positive at least that he is not being marooned in the forward uh, half. You know where he's obviously doubled and, and triple teamed. So um, yeah, for me, he's still on the watch list. Um, I'd like to see more so how he uh, how he pulls up. Um, more so than anything, because he did leave the ground with a sore knee in the closing stages of the match. Uh, but the club has come out and said that uh, it was just a precautionary measure and he'll be ready to play uh, this uh, Amy Community Series game against the D. So just to watch and see there, more yeah. so on a fitness front, more than anything, I think, for me. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's that's a fair point. I He didn't set the world on fire as well with his scoring. I think he scored sort of mid-40s, early fifties in the game. Um, so I'm not, I mean, it's, he's, he's obviously coming back from sort of injury and, and injury affected seasons. So I'm not going to hold him to that, but I probably want to see a bit more in the next game to, to feel like he's going to make me cash. Uh, moving on. Uh, we've got Brody camp, 156, 800, 800 defensive eligible. As mentioned above, he did play the the Mackay role as a stay-at-home forward, where we saw at stages last year at both levels of being played in defence. He was shown to be at home playing through the middle um, at junior level as well, much like Cripps, being a pretty similar size. He was a good forward target in lieu of Mackay, taking a handful of strong marks and kicking a goal. He did play two games last year, so keep in mind his experience and role will mean he isn't going to bust out huge scores on a consistent basis, but should play a role as a consistent cash cow and get an opportunity at senior level from round one, especially if uh, Harry remains out through injury. Given he is only available as a defender currently, he is one candidate for being given a you know that forward defensive eligibility status um, come round six if he continues to play there. So that's a bit of a handy ace up the sleeve when it comes to potential upgrade planning as well, because you obviously move him around um, to, to, you know, bring in whoever's best. The only concern for me is that he would be playing sort of that key forward role, which uh, isn't great for super coach scoring. No key position mm. roles are really ever good for super coach scoring. Um, but I suppose he's at a lower price, so we wouldn't have to score much, but he's probably going to have to score a few goals a game to sort of really consistently score. Wow, yeah, yeah. super coach wise. So, yeah, no, I totally agree there as well. Like, he's the only reason he's in my side at the moment is because there's not too many options in defense when it comes to rookies um, that yeah. you can really hang your hat on. Um, I think he's priced very similar to Paddy McCartan, who we'll speak of yeah. a bit later as well. But um, apart from him, there's no real bottom price rookies that you can you can really say with confidence that they're going to get games first off and then score well. So I think the, the main tick for him is the fact that he's going to get games. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that scoring is going to be up and down just naturally with the way that uh, the role that he's playing. Yeah, no, but moving on agree. to uh, Corey Durden, he's priced at 143,700, uh, plays as a small forward for the Vegas. Um, and he's average of 33 last season. He played a couple of games. It doesn't really inspire much confidence with uh, the scores that he output, which were 37 and 29. And uh, he does play as a small forward, which, as we know, um, similar to like playing a bit of a small <laughs> forward role. It's uh, notoriously difficult to uh, score consistently well. Um, obviously, your output 
and, and overall scoring is kind of dictated by the performance of the overall team. You know, if the team's getting an absolute shellacking and they're not getting too many yeah. inside 50s, that kind of dictates the state of play as to how they're going to score. Um, and then obviously just as a small forward as well. But uh, the main thing as well is, again, he's one of those rookies set at a higher price. Um, so even though he did manage a 57 on the weekend, I'd probably want to see a little bit more from him on the weekend. Um, or sorry, this Thursday coming up, I should say. It's such a common lingo, isn't it, to say on the weekend? <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're Carlton playing the Ds on Thursday, upcoming in the Amy Community Series. So I'd like to see another score around about that mark. I wouldn't yeah. mind if he was scoring that on a consistent basis, which isn't going to happen consistently, but I mean, average out over the course of the year, yeah. he will make a bit of money. Um, and I think he will get uh, that opportunity as a small forward because that is a role that is uh, needed to be filled uh, since uh, Eddie Betts, uh, the Messiah, has uh, has retired. So yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a watch and see again for this upcoming game. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree there. If he can sort of have an average of around that 57 to 60 mark, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy. He's got the jump security. He just needs the scoring potential. Um, and then he's a decent enough option um, for our forward line as a rookie. Uh, moving on to the other side of the park, we've got Jack Steele, $685,800, midfield eligible. Um, we've spoken ad nauseum about how the new holding the ball interpretation will reward tackle hungry players like Jack Steele, which really only elevates his already high ceiling. So it should just go without saying, but just lock him in. Just do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was- That's it. <laughs> and I say it all the time, but he was one of my first picked. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like the lingo of like super coaches. Yeah, you know, for footballers, it's it's yeah nah or nah yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's first picked, first pick, yeah. and he he was among the first picks for me because just because of what you outlined there yeah. for sure. I think that's, that's it. Gone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to round out this game uh, is another guy of interest to a lot of people, not so much myself, especially after what I saw. Um, in this game, Jade Gresham priced at two ninety nine thousand, even uh, selectable as a forward and a midfielder, and he only had the two CBAs, two CBAs, and I touched on it last week as well. He's one of those guys that has huge wraps on him. Obviously, has the injury history as well, which which isn't a good thing. But for, for as long as I can remember, people have been coming out saying, um, you know, in the media and within St Kilda, that he was going to, you know, eventually step into a role in the midfield, and mm. again. Just didn't see it, um, which was unfortunate. So that to me says there's still massive question marks over his, I guess, certain role within the Saints lineup. And, you know, if he doesn't build up a few more CBAs in the next, next practice match, I'm just putting a, a complete line through him. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, just because, you know, his price is so awkward and you can't really justify that level of risk. Yeah, no, I agree. At this stage, I will say the the line is in pencil so that I can erase it just in case he uh, comes Smart. out and smashes it. Oh, but uh, yes. but uh, he's pretty much done for me. I don't think I'll be looking to him. I think, again, it's sort of that awkward price. I think there's other options that probably present better um, value and we'll touch on those a bit later. Um, now onto the third unofficial practice match of... Uh, the, the preseason, and that was Melbourne okay. v North Melbourne. Uh, Max Scorn coming in at $657,400. Uh, Ruck, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. He was a forward, though. Yeah, he was a forward, would be great. Um, he, could, he could be a forward, actually. He could be a yeah, forward. We never that, know. That is true. DPP that's status, true. love it. Yeah, it could be Nostradamus just looking to the future. <laughs> oh, a bit of that exactly. crystal ball action, it might be making a return. Could it? Yeah, but let's see. Let's see. 
Yep. Anyway, he uh, split splits. Uh, sorry, he split the rap time with uh, Luke Jackson, who did take more CBAs than Gorn, which is an obvious concern. But he does do so much around the ground that does help his scoring. He's not as reliant on sort of being the 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 main ruck, which I think he will still be across the year. It's just that some of his CBAs will be eaten up by Luke Jackson with sort of that split role. Uh, he did manage a whopping 138 points on the on Friday. I think the game was. Uh, propped up by his mainly through his contested marking. So he's still a lock for me. He's been the premier super coach ruck of the competition for so long and there's a good reason for it. So I think he's a, he's a lock for me. Yeah. Well, I only caught snippets of this game. Didn't, wasn't able to watch the, the full lot, but I mean, he was, he did pop up now and again and looked, I mean, he's impressive self um, with his, his um, work around the ground, but yeah, 138 mm. points. Wow. That I, I must admit, I'm sorry, Gorney, but I've actually, I've, I've got Darcy in my team at the moment and he has mm. been in my team uh, probably 90% of the time. Um, he was, like, Gorn was mm. was like alongside Grundy mm. and then I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Luke Jackson's really put yeah, a rocket no, up no, there. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And he scared me a fair bit. But then we saw, obviously, over the, you know, the course of the finals, how dominant Gorn can be when he is given that, that extra buffer time in the ruck. And yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm less confident now in Darcy. We'll probably delve into this a bit, uh, in a bit more detail in the episodes to to follow. Um, but for me, I'm starting to sway back to Gorn again. Yeah, I'm no, I would to... be. I yeah. started Darcy. I think in place of I had it was a toss up between Grundy, Darcy, and Gorn. I had Gorn and Darcy um, to begin, um, but I've gone off Darcy. I think his injury concerns. He's going to get the game time. Is sort of the only ruck for. Um, for Frio, okay. but his injury concerns are just, I don't know, he gets like multiple injuries in a game and still yeah. plays. So I don't know. He's just too concerning for me. So many niggles. I mean, uh, he's the sort of guy that you look at him and you're like, like you don't want to heap shit on him. He's obviously playing good footy, but you can just take one look at him and be like, this guy is not built like a footballer. Mm. He's got like my body of like, <laughs> I could virtually play footy. He's obviously got a shit ton more talent than me, but like, I don't know how fit he can be to run out like and play that sole position as a ruck. Um, if he's getting the niggles that he that he is, mm-hmm. it's like is he fit enough? Is he in the right shape? He's kind of like a bit of a, an old school Shane Mumford in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, we're yeah, we're yeah. deviating from the point. But yeah, that's one of those things to think about. But yeah, um, as a roundabout way of me saying that, uh, Gorney, you're back. You're back on the list yes. now. Yep. Uh, moving on to uh, to another. Um, super coach and fantasy pig collectively, Clary Oliver, the oink oink, the big piggy. Uh, he comes in priced at six seventy two thousand even. Um, and again, he's one of those guys like McRae, like Steele, just lock him in. Um, I must admit, I didn't start with him in my team, and I had Mitchell in my team ahead of him, okay. yeah, just okay. because I was, yeah. just because Mitchell was forty k cheaper. And then I've since in movements and stuff, I've been able to free up that amount of cash and I can't afford to bring him back into my team. So Clary, you're back in, mate. You're Good. back in. Good. He has not left my side um, at all. So he's, he's a lock for me. He's first picked. First picked along with about 22 <laughs> other guys. Yep. Um, moving on, we got uh, from the other side of the park, we got Jason Horn Francis, 207,300 midfield eligible the number one draft pick will, you know, set you a fair bit, set you back a fair bit uh, for a rookie. But he does look to like the ultimate rookie selection. He has solid job security and solid scoring potential. Uh, he attended 12 CBAs, 
um, and spent time both forward and through the middle. And he actually managed a score of 83, which is a pretty solid effort first up. Yeah, geez, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I mean, he's getting ample time playing. He's getting ample time in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's just a tick, tick, tick. And then obviously scoring an 83. If you, if you can average around about that mark, um, he's going to more than you know, well and truly justify that inflated starting mm. price of 207, 300. He's going to make a bag load of money. Yeah. So uh, absolutely, he is one to um, to lock in. For Definitely. Sure. Uh, moving on to Jack Zebel, uh, priced at five eighty five eight hundred, and he's selectable this season as a defender, not forward. Um, so good work there, champion data. Um, but he he was the mid price saver of twenty twenty one, as we know, and uh, it looked to be back to his best across half back. Uh, in this specific game. Uh, and he was playing a very super coach friendly role of old, uh, of 2021, uh, especially without Hall there cramping his style. So, <laughs> I mean, his scoring did, uh, I get, did dwindle. Um, it's probably a good word for it at the uh, latter part of, of uh, last year. But uh, with Hall to miss the beginning of the season, he could get a greater share of that role across the back line. Um, again, McDonald, I think was another mm. one that was earmarked for that potential role as well. So he's kind of looming in the shadows for me, uh, as another candidate to crampy style. Um, but yeah, he's going to set you back a fair bit though. And, uh, he may not be worth it for the entire season, especially not knowing how the return of Hall will impact his scoring potential. I mean, you can probably look at last year, um, and the fact that Hall just had complete dominance over, you know, everything in defense with with yeah. kickouts and um, and just distributing out of defense, he was the go-to man. So, I mean, for me, he's not factoring in at the moment. Whilst he did look good, um, I'm looking elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He's not factored in at all, especially not that price tag. I don't think it's worth it. Um, moving on, Taron Thomas, 459.3K, selectable as both a midfielder and a forward. And he's sort of been one that's been talked about as having a breakout or being ready for a breakout in 2022. Um, and I don't think Thomas quite showed the, the midfield minutes we'd be hoping for. He only had 14 CBAs. Um, and that was with an absence of other midfield stars. He managed a score of 81, but is, is it enough? I mean, at 459, he's going to have to be a keeper. He's going to, to, to select him. You're not selecting him to, you know, make cash. And with Simkin, LDU, Anderson, Cunnington not playing, does he sort of maintain those midfield minutes? He probably won't get more either. So I guess I'd watch his next match with caution. I can't see where any extra midfield minutes are coming from and he's probably going to lose some. Yeah, I guess that performance is almost a snapshot of, you know, what he can score around about his best. We know that obviously last year he scored quite well in matches, but to me, without those key guys there, um, it says to me, he's scoring, sorry, his, ceil his scoring ceiling isn't as high as what I thought it was. Mm. Um, and whilst he, he may score around about the mark, to me, if I was likening to a player, he would be like, you know, Simpkin in his breakout year. Mm. He could probably average around about that mark, but, and I mean, until Cunnington returns, I mean, there's a bit of a, bit of a hole there as well. Um, all the best to him as well with his recovery. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those guys that he appealed to me heading into the preseason, but he like looking at other options, he's fallen out of favor for me. And then, yeah, obviously seeing that performance has uh, really pushed him down the, um, down the rung 
in terms of other guys um, yeah. ahead of him that look look more appealing. But uh, moving on to the uh, the fourth game, and it was between Brisbane and Adelaide, and there was a guy of note here uh, who's one of the lesser lights and one of the guys that I think a lot of people have forgotten about due to uh, injury, especially last year. And it is Jared Berry. And he's mm. priced at uh, a juicy 268.500. And I do say juicy because it doesn't sound juicy, but I'm salivating just uh, just mm. thinking of it. He scored 158 on the weekend. 158. Absolutely insane. Um, I don't know, Liam. You said it best. You just said get him in. Like yeah, when I it. asked you, just just get him in. Like he's a mid-pricer, yes. But with what we saw on the weekend, he looks set to go to the next level. And it hasn't really come out of nowhere because looking at his... I guess, historical averages over the course of the years. He has shown an increase in scoring over the last three seasons previous to last year. And obviously, as, as we know, last year he was injured for practically you know, the first part of the season. So his averages have increased over the three seasons. So 2018, 19, and 20, his averages increased from 80 to 84.9 to 97 in 2020. Yeah. So the question remains, is this year where he's going to break the ton? Is he going to raise the bat? In 2022, because, you know, if he has his injury history behind him um, and he looks to be in, you know, used to be, he looks to be in really good fitness. Um, yeah, for me, he's, he's one to watch in the next match, um, but he's, he's got a foot in my side, I think, at the moment. Um, but you just got to make sure that it wasn't a one-off, but his role mm. does look good for scoring and probably more so than another guy we'll touch on in Cam Rayner. Um, and I thought Rayner was going to really step in to the CBAs that, that Jared Berry got and, you know, the output that he had. But, yeah, he's a bargain at his price and uh, he should make some serious, serious coin. Yeah, definitely. He's, um, I had to do some restructuring, obviously, with that price point, but uh, he's in my side as of today. And I yep. don't think he'll be leaving, assuming that he uh, he shows what he shows what he showed this match and the next match. Um, I think he's, he's going to be an absolute bargain. Um, but moving on to another bargain, Lockie Neal. 543.2K, midfield eligible, of course. And Chris Fagan scared us all for absolutely no reason, apparently. Yes, Neil did play some time forward, but he did still manage a score of just the casual 144. Off a game high, 22 CVAs. And he also managed to kick two goals too when he did go forward. Uh, looks to be back at his best and comes at a juicy, juicy discount of 178.6K on his starting price in 2021. Lock and load. Yeah, that's it. I can't add anything more to that. You've uh, cherry on the top. I have to say, I moved him out of my side when they said that he was uh, he was going to play playing forward, and I was like, nah, can't stand it. Had him last year. What? When he like lost it, and then now he's back in. I've moved him back in. It's okay. It's fine. That's almost as what's the word blasphemous as oh. me not starting Sammy Walsh last year. Oh, I don't know. Not quite. Not quite. Everyone, everyone's going to have him though. Everyone's going to start with him. Oh no, I've got him back in now. He's back in now. But to take him out, Liam, like you were tricked. Don't get tricked by the coaches. Yeah, that's true. I should stop listening to them. Especially when it comes to to Leon Cameron. Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Chris Scott. Oh, yep. The burn man. Burn man. Burn man. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. So, um, next player (laughs) to uh, have a chat about and. I referenced him just before, mm. and it is Cam Rayner, priced at two seventy eight six hundred, and um, he's only priced ten k one hundred more than Jared Berry. Mm. But uh, like I said, his performance was the complete opposite. Um, 
he probably didn't show what uh, what other people were expecting either and hoping for uh, in his first competitive match. But I guess, you know, he's returning from 12 months out due to an ACL injury, so you've got to cut him some slack. Um, but for me, I, I'm, I, I haven't crossed him off my watch list completely. I want to see how he goes yeah. uh, in this next game, last outing before, you know, I actually make a decision. But for me, he did have half a foot in my side, but... I mean, you've got a really fine coin to to fit other guys in like Barry. And because of that, he's actually found his way out of my side, Rainer. So he's in the cusp. But unless he blows me away, I don't yeah. think he's going to find his way back in my side. I don't know about, about you, Liam. But. Yeah, I'm the same. I think it's not massive coin cause concern just yet. He did still manage those 12 CBAs. I think he just needs to build his confidence back up a mm-hmm. bit. Um, and I think playing the match out will do that to him, give him that confidence that he needs. Yeah. But... I do agree. I think I'd be wanting to make a decision after watching his next outing, but at this stage, I think it'd be leaning away from him. I think, you know, you got Jared Berry um, as a as a much better option. And moving on to the next player uh, from the from Brisbane, Darcy Bulmer. Just a quick mention for him: 139.8k defensive eligible. Uh, he will miss round one now after being suspended for one match for a dangerous tackle on Crow. Ned McHenry, another rookie option, is off the table. Don't we love it? Oh, that's good. Thank you, Supercoach Gods. <sighs> throwing jokers in the pack. Yeah. You bloody jokers. <laughs> um, but to go from a joker to an ace, and this mm. is a real big ace, and it is in the form of Josh. Now, how do you say his name? Josh Rochelle? I think it's Rochelle. Rochelle? I think, but I'm not, so like, not sure. Like like Rachel with an E on the end? Mm. Yeah, okay. Call him, uh, let's call him Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a friend's, friend's reference there. For those of you who are like, what? What, Ross? Ross and Rachel. Um, so Ross, Ross, the Josh, <laughs> Rochelle or Rachel, whatever you want to call him, it's priced at 184.800 and he is selectable as a mid forward. And he actually mm. did quite seriously look look good because he kicked three goals. And even though he does look as though he's going to be playing more so that, that small forward role, which isn't, as we know, and as we've harped on about, the most uh, conducive to supercoach scoring, he does look like a really special talent uh, with a bit of X factor. So given that we don't have many options for rookies, we, uh, we may need to pay a premium for him, mm. unfortunately, like we have been doing with other players, uh, with the likes of Horn Francis and, and Dacos and the like. But he does look to have, I guess, most promisingly, Solid job security. Um, so the scoring potential is there and he will get the games. Um, but yeah, obviously we can't expect it to be consistent. But uh, as we know, a warm body uh, is better than a cold one, especially in the early stages of the <laughs> Most season. Certainly. Yeah. I think uh, I think he's pretty much locked in as a, as a rookie um, in my forward line. But uh, just unfortunate that it's sort of that small forward role and you have to pay so much for him. But it is what it is. I think he's got the job security. Um, so at least you know he'll be scoring week to week something um, and accumulating some cash, which would be good. But let's move on to the next unofficial practice match of number five, Gold Coast Suns versus Port Adelaide. And we'll kick off with Took Miller, 677.8K, midfield eligible, scored an effortless 140 and looks set to continue his form from last year. If you can fit him in, which I'm struggling to, uh, he's another lock. But he has been in my side. I don't know how I'm going to fit him back in, but uh, hopefully I can. First picked? 
There's not your first picked. He was first he was first picked. No, he was that. <laughs> he was not first picked, and then he was first picked, and now he's yep. unpicked. He's last picked. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> it was. It was actually funnily enough. This is legit. Maybe legit. He was. He was my first picked. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Because I was. Like I was going through, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was my first pick, and then I unselected him and picked McRae. So he lasted maybe all of 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, poor, yeah. poor Tuk Miller. Yeah, poor Tuk Tuk. Um, but, yeah, if you can afford him, you know what you're going to get from him. Absolute yeah. gun. Speaking of guns, though, Liam, mm. from one gun to Your another. Favorite. Matty Rowell, the absolute bull. He's priced at 342 Juicy, 342 <laughs> Wow, did he have a really good game uh, first up in 2022. And he's kicked it off just how I'd like to see with a score of 118, uh, which, of course, is per Fantasy Frico. And if, if he can maintain that, he could end up being, I guess, you know, a very, very undervalued primo M8 option uh, come years end at the very, very minimum. So uh, he ended up having 18 disposals. Um, and you're thinking 118? Oh, he probably racked it up. No, he didn't have to. 18 disposals. But he had a team high seven tackles, which uh, obviously helps his his scoring. And um, as you know, Liam, how much I love this guy. Mm-hmm. Probably almost too much, but um, just not as much as Walshy, unfortunately. Sorry, Riley. But um, I have supreme confidence, and I've been saying it all along. If he is 100% fit, and it looks as though on the on, on the weekend, there it goes on the weekend again. Sorry, I can't stop saying on the weekend. You but know, as actually might have been on the weekend. Yeah, actually might have been on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so it applies. <laughs> But if he stays fit, and we saw on the weekend that he that he actually was pretty fit, he's going to produce what we saw in his first year. I have no doubts about it. Um, the guy's an absolute bull, and we know the way that he plays, loves to tackle, and has endless amounts of you know contestable out the wazoo, yeah. out the wazoo, Liam. I'm just going as far as to say that. And those are both areas that Supercoach yeah. loves when it comes to scoring. So for me, he's a lock and load. Um, mm. He's he's Started in, in my team and I took him out at one stage because I was fiddling around with, oh, maybe I could go for Caldwell and save a bit of cash. No, slapped myself across the face and said, you yeah. idiot, put him back in. And he hasn't moved since. I don't know. What do, what do you reckon? I haven't had him in my side until this weekend. Until, sorry, until today. Um, I just wasn't sold on him. Not in a bad way. I think it was more like I didn't want to get my hopes up. I really... I think like everyone gets behind Rowley. Like he's one of those people that just is universally loved and you just don't yep. want, I didn't want to, you know, um, maybe we're barking up. Yeah. I didn't want to moz him and I didn't want to, you know, yeah. Ca- cause anything for concern. And I mean, if I, I'll, I'll take credit for his 118 based off that. Um, but <laughs> I thought maybe we're barking up the wrong tree just with his injuries, but you know, he's had a lot of, injuries um maybe that's potentially affecting his scoring just his confidence in his game but i'm happy to be proved wrong here um and i hope he can continue this and he has made his way into my side Woo! which is nice yes. to know back on the bandwagon liam back on the bandwagon back on the rail the rail train i don't know what else yeah the roller coaster oh no he is not the roller coaster he is as steady <laughs> as they come Yes, that's all highs, baby. Up, up. He's just, he just goes we're just, up. <laughs> we're just ascending into the heavens. Just bang. Watch out for those planes. Watch out for those birds. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's the roller coaster. And there's only one way. It's up. You know what I think of? This is probably, we'll probably do a meme of this, but like the monorail guy from The Simpsons. 
Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. This is like what I'm going to be doing with the rail roller coaster. I'm going to be going to different yeah. from town to town, city to city. I've sold roller coasters to Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. And by gum, it put them on the map. And just banging my drum, get on the roller coaster. And the way is up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Yes. Loggy Weller, 400k, 400.3k, uh, eligible as both a midfielder and a forward. Uh, role change across halfback is is the reason that Weller has made his way onto our onto our list. He took kick outs with his his precision kicking, and it could help his scoring potential with a lovely super coach friendly role. Uh, I'd probably want to see more from him. I think at his price, there are better options at the forward line. Uh, some will discuss, you know, literally next. Uh, yep. But his DPP status is handy. Um, but just keep in mind, as a mid-forward already, he obviously won't become defensive eligible as well. So he's already sort of maxed out his DPP status. Yeah, he's, he's a watch and see for me, I think. But, yeah. yeah, it's going to be hard to try and fit him in in any way. Yeah, unfortunately. I agree entirely, especially with uh, the next guy only being yes. 40K extra. Exactly. And you'd want to be parting a bit more dosh. Don't don't be flimsy. Don't, don't be a, a tight ass. Yeah. Fork out an extra 43K, 300, and you get yourself a Zach Butters. So he mm. is priced at 443,600, selectable as a forward, which is even better itself. And um, yes, this man is a really, really great option. Um, at a relatively similar price point, uh, Butters had a game high 167 Supercoach points as per Fantasy Freako. So we're not just talking out of our asses here, folks. This is from yeah. Fantasy Freako. This is legit. Um, and he's he's been a lock uh, in my side from the uh, yeah. from the get go, and I know he has for you as well, hasn't mm-hmm. he? And um, just with his potential role through the middle, we saw it last year in patches before he got injured twice, I think it was. But yeah, um, yeah nothing from his game on Friday has really scared me off at all. So um, hopefully we're in for a big year and an injury free one at that. Yeah, I think again at this price, just going to make it note. You're picking him as a keeper in the forward line. He's going to make. He's going to be, you know, five, five forty if he makes a hundred k, and you know, five ninety if he makes one hundred fifty. There's no reason you'd be trading about there. He's not a stepping stone. He's a he's a keeper. Um, so just keep that in mind. I think when you're picking him. Um, but moving on to uh, another rookie option, uh, who's defensive and midfield eligible, Josh Sin, or Sim Sin. I'm assuming it's Sin. At two hundred, sorry, at one hundred fifty-seven point eight k, he looked great across the wing, and he did manage about twelve touches, snagged a goal. Um, doesn't come much better. Does come in on a bit more of the expensive side for a for a rookie that obviously hasn't played before, but it's something we'll have to uh, accept this year. I think there's not much going going our way with rookies, mm-hmm. um, especially at this this early stage. Um, but he does have some handy DPP status, so I can kind of handle his starting price so fingers crossed he is named for round one and by all indications i think he will be yeah he looks pretty impressive um despite that you know i guess semi lofty price tag yeah um but just as an aside what do you reckon his uh, his nickname is i, I don't know what surely it's got to be deadly seven deadly sins i can okay i'll move on <laughs> i can see the herald sun rolling with that when he kicks like seven goals, you just you just wait for it. Seven deadly okay. sins. Pencil it in right. when he kicks seven. All right. Anyway, moving on quickly <laughs> uh, to the next game uh, between Collingwood and Hawthorne. 
And uh, one guy that caught both of our collective eyes uh, was the captain mm. himself, uh, Scott Pendlebury, uh, priced at four ninety two three hundred. And why, you may ask? But it was purely because of his role, because we saw him line up in defence for the pretty much all the game, uh, which is something we haven't seen uh, at all. Uh, we've seen him play down there in spurts, but um, yeah, he looks as though he could be uh, a great option for our teams, probably not so much now, but maybe come round six, because mm-hmm. if he continues playing a majority of time in defence, he will gain defense defensive status. Yeah. So he's going to get defensive status, and if that happens, then again, like we've been saying about these other guys who aren't yet selectable in defense. We're going to be overloaded, I think, with uh, with options in defense at the moment. So another one could crop up in the form of Pendles. Um, yeah. And he did, against the Hawks, take five kick-ins, but he only played on from one of them. Blasphemy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? We'll have to have a bit of a word with him. Just put him mm. aside. Pendles. What Teach you him some super controls. Yeah, exactly. It's not just about you, mate. It's about the coaches. It's about all of us out there that exactly. are watching. Don't be selfish. Teams. Absolutely selfish. Be, be more... <laughs> Be more uh, seagullish. He needs, needs to learn it's the way of the seagull. More, it's actually more selfish. Be more selfish. <laughs> yeah. It's not about the team. It's about you, Pendles. <laughs> but um, yeah, he did switch through the middle sparingly at yeah. stages and uh, looked to have swapped uh, in those patches with Crisp at times, uh, presumably to give Crisp a bit of a rest. So um, you might find during the season um, those two guys interchanging in-game. Um, so at least, you know, if Pendles isn't seeing much of the ball in defence, which you'd think with the Pies, no uh, no offence, they, they might find the ball down there a fair bit. But if he's having a bit of a downer, at least you know he's going to have a bit of a go in the midfield and uh, that'll sort of prop up or give himself a bit of a flaw. But yeah, mm-hmm. for me, once he uh, presumably gets that defensive status, he is going to be someone to, uh, to, to grab. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I think he'll be a lock for a top six defensive position. Um, yep. If he, just with his, just with his silkiness and his, you know, skill across that half back line and he'll, uh, across the back line, sorry. And then just sort of, I guess, being able to take kick-ins is just going to give him such a good floor um, to build on. It's it's great. Um, can't wait. It'll be in my side. Back to the dependable of old, I guess. Yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> uh, moving on, Jack Crisp, um, obviously defender and midfield eligible, 571K. Uh, he looks to have taken that midfield role off Pendlebury, I guess. They're kind of swapped, and as you mentioned, Damon, swapping back to give Crisp a little bit of a rest at times. Uh, he had 15 CBAs of a possible 26. Um, that's based off the three quarters. They played a six-quarter, eight over quarters, but, you know, six-period sort of game. Um, so that only accounts for the three quarters that Jack Chris played. Um, but yeah, Chris looks to have cemented a role in the middle uh, where we saw last year the sort of damage he could be, that he can do while playing through the middle. Um, I'd like to see more of his scoring before making a decision on him, especially at his price. Um, I think he could be a very good pick probably later on in the season. He's just one that I have... Like he's one that I've considered in seasons gone by, especially starting. I'm just not sure what his price point is quite highly priced. Um, so I probably want to see more of what he's, what I'm going to get from him in the terms of scores and see whether I can get him, you know, maybe a bit cheaper if he has a bit of a drop off um, at some stage. Yeah, totally agree there. I think at that price point, he's either your D1 or D2. 
Yeah. Um, and I think for me, he would be D2 after Lloyd. And he's sort of vying for that spot between uh, Ridley, Short, and himself. And I mean, Ridley and Short, are, I think they come at around about 40 to 30K discount on Crisp. So if I can afford to fork at that extra dosh, I'd like to get Crisp in, but I don't think I can wrangle the, the, the money mm-hmm. to, to actually do it. So that probably comes down to it for me. But uh, moving on to uh, another uh, impressive youngster we referred to earlier alongside Horn Francis, and it is Nick Dacos, priced at 193.800 as a midfielder. And um, yeah, he seemed to uh, play through the middle uh, at various stages and uh, sparingly in the back line as well, where he uh, managed to get 17 disposals and a goal, which was uh, quite, I guess, apt because it came off the back of um, a bit of work from his brother, uh, Josh, where he handballed the ball to him and he, he kicked it um, on the run from 50. So, yeah, it looks like everything we'd hoped for and more. So uh, despite that high price tag, he's a definite starter. Both job security and scoring potential are there. So tick and tick, he is the perfect rookie selection. So get him in your teams. Yeah, the way that he'd be better is if he was, you know, 102K. <laughs> that's, <laughs> nice. that's true. But, uh, that's true. That could be an but... extra tick. Yeah, would be an extra, but I think I, I can accept it. 193k, it's fine. Yeah, it is yep. what it is. Uh, moving on to James Sicily, 448.1k defender. Obviously, he looked good in his first, you know, competitive game back after he missed the 2021 season with that. I think it was an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. His intercept ability will be the big focus of his scoring, super coach scoring, and he looked to be uh, that that looked to be on full display with seven marks across the three sort of quarters or periods. Um, important to note, obviously, the Hawthorne backline wasn't complete. It was missing Will Day, Impey and uh, Jayeth. Watch and see, obviously, how that affects his game. You don't want to, you know, consider how he played in this game without those three um, also in the side. But remember, at his price, again, he's a fallen primo. We're picking him as a keeper, um, not just to make cash. So watch and see, but I'd say he's pretty close to a lock. Yeah, he comes at a fair discount as well on uh, last year's starting price. So, yeah, for me, he is uh, well and truly locked in my side from what I saw um, against the Pies. I just wanted to see him at full fitness, see that he was still playing the similar role, and he's covered both of those marks. So, yeah, for me, uh, he is a lock and load. Uh, Moving on to uh, Josh Ward, who is another, uh, I guess, semi-impressive youngster. Um, But Mm. I say semi-impressive because he comes at a a bit of a higher price point and he isn't as guaranteed um, in terms of a spot or scoring potential as a a, a Nick Dacos or Horn Francis. And Josh Ward, because he's priced at 180k uh, even. Uh, selectable as a midfielder. And yeah, we just need to see more from him, I think. You know, he came in at pick seven, high wraps. Um, but he did look a little bit on the nervy side, playing on the wing with uh, a number of clangers to begin the match, which was unfortunate. But again, I mean, first, I guess, virtual hit out for, for him. <clears throat> so you got to cut him some slack. But he did come good in the third quarter. But uh, yeah, I think we'll need to see a little bit more from him at that price point before being able to uh, to, to lock him in as a you know a confident pick. Yeah, I agree entirely there, Damon. Uh, moving on to Connor McDonald, 117.3k midfield, also from the Hawks. He played as both a high half forward and sort of across the wing, so he pushed up the ground a little bit. Um, and his ball use was was pretty good. His lower price tag is enticing, but I'd probably want to say um, and see that he isn't pushed out 
of the side with the return of a few of those hawk staples that we mentioned, like Day, Impy, and Jaya. Um, so just make sure he's named before you select him, obviously. But uh, hopefully, for our sakes, he's, uh, he's, he's picked so we have some lower-priced rookie options as well. No, oh, that'd be a godsend. Because at the moment, geez, it's uh, yeah. just my pockets are just almost filled with lint. There's nothing mm. left. Lint and moths. Come on. <laughs> Give us something to work with. Uh, we'll wait and see. But moving on to uh, to the seventh game, and it was between Sydney and the Giants. And uh, first notable player uh, is Paddy McCartan for the Swans, priced at one fifty seven eight hundred, selectable as a defender or a forward. And uh, he looked like he belonged playing in mm. defence for the Swans, much like his uh, his brother Tom. Uh, and he took a, a number of impressive marks and looked uh, very much at home for the Swans. But uh, again, outside of that DPP eligibility, which makes him quite uh you know a, a juicy or attractive proposition for me the question still remains as to whether or not he is mm-hmm. in solidified 100 you know, in the best 22 for the swans and at the moment if he can perform like he did um in you know in the first game coming up into the second game then i will probably lock him in depending on the number of rookies uh elsewhere uh that are cheaper yeah. um, whether or not they they present themselves but i think at the very least he is on the bench for me at the moment yeah, fair enough. I would want to see a bit more. Um, it's hard with rookies at this stage because you don't know until they're named as to whether they're going to be playing. So I'm obviously always just sort of looking at a wide range. Um, I don't, I wouldn't rule him out, um, but hopefully he's able to sort of, yeah, remain in that best 22 and be a consistent scorer for us. Um, but moving on, Dylan Stevens, 167.8K, midfield eligible. Stevens is uh, he's helped by the departures of both Dawson and Hewitt, um, but I don't think he showed a great deal on the weekend. I'd wait and see just how he looks in the next game before selecting him in your side. I don't think he's a lock by any by any means. No, no, absolutely. Uh, just a wait and see there, especially at that price. Uh, Isaac Heaney was another guy who uh, mm. we speak about every preseason, it, it seems like, um, just because he's always at an attractive price point. And he's again this year at uh, 454,500, selectable uh, also as a, as a forward. So that uh, helps his prospects. And he's been touted to be playing more midfield time again, like I said, in every preseason, heading into every year, um, as opposed to, you know, playing up forward. But yeah, even though he did record 13 CBAs in this game, the midfield struggled um, without Callum Mills, which probably didn't help, and he is out injured at the moment. Um, but he also did revert at stages to playing back in defence. Um, sorry, playing back more as a, as a half forward as the game went on. So, yeah, it's like he started promisingly and then just mm. shifted more to that, that forward role where, you know, he's more accustomed to and what we, we sort of know... Um, him to play uh, more of. Um, so when you f- then factor in his injury history, which as we know, it's quite storied. It means that despite that promise of, of mm. what he could be playing more time in the midfield, Heaney is probably again, a player that I'm going to miss um, and not really give a lot of day to because of the fact that I've been burnt a couple of times by him. And yeah. a lot of people jumped on him last year because he was, I think he bottomed out at a really juicy price and then he came good at patches and then he fell away again. Um, so for me, I'm just looking elsewhere, just straight up. Yeah. I mean, he, he did make his way into my side at one stage just in one iteration um, based off the fact that he'd be getting more midfield time, but he pretty much made his way straight back out because I you know, slapped myself and said, Liam, he's injured all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but look, if, if you do really want to pick him, 
my advice, as always, whenever I talk of picking Heaney, is you have to keep a trade up your sleeve um, for when that inevitable injury occurs. It's going to happen. He's going to get rested. He's going to something's going to happen. Um, just make sure you've got the trade up your sleeve just in case. But again, at that price tag, you're picking him as a keeper in your forward line. Um, and I just don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, moving on. Jake Lloyd, five, the seagull, love him. 586.6K, defense, defensive eligible. This is another lock for me personally. I don't think he's my first pick every year, um, along with Oliver um Grundy gone about every other player that I have on my <laughs> side. Um, but while he didn't get the lion share of the kick-ins that we'd hoped for, um, and especially with, you know, the departure of Dawson, he still remains good value, I think. is He's just, you know what you're going to get with Jake Lloyd. He's a consistent scorer. I think his ceiling probably won't be as high without those kick-ins, um, without the, the, the massive share of the kick-ins. Um, but I'd be watching the Swans next preseason game just to see what the kick-in situation is really like. But I'm pretty comfortable kicking, picking him. Uh, he's not called the seagull for nothing. Let's be honest. Yep, I've uh, I've stocked up on uh, extra uh, bags of chips. I've I've ordered uh, made made sure to upgrade my uh, medium meal at Macca's and Hungry Jacks and the like <laughs> to a large just for that reason, just to give him some spare chips. Got to feed the old pet, uh, Jake Lloyd. So yeah, he's a staple of my side. Definitely 100% in and uh, first first picked for my side as well. Um, moving on to uh, Stephen Canilio. Um, he's a, another juicy prospect at his price, which is 261, 300, selectable as a midfielder and a forward. And um, I know that he's, he's one that uh, you probably harp on about, uh, probably for other reasons, Liam. But for me, uh, at that price point, I can't say no. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, he managed 13 CBAs across the three quarters that he did play against the Swans, and he looked to play predominantly through the midfield, which is, uh, which is very good. But um, yeah, no doubts he was, he's going to end up playing up forward in, in stints because Leon Cameron is that sort of coach. Um, but uh, you know, I think with his price price tag and DPP eligibility, mm-hmm. he, he makes himself a good pick, and uh, everyone's going to go for him. I think so. It it does offset that risk per se. So um, for me, he's the reason. That is the reason why he's uh, he's in my side. But what, what are your thoughts, Liam? Yeah, I I think I made my thoughts known last week. I didn't have a mass. I, I just I'm not sure he's back in. I, after I went on about how I wouldn't have him if he was in F3, he's currently in F3 in my side. I think what Vogue. I saw, yeah, he's back in Vogue. I think what I saw was good enough. Um, I think I was just worried that he was going to get marooned in the forward line constantly. Um, yep. I'd want to see it again this week just to make sure because um, we have to note that Jacob Hopper didn't play, so that may eat some of Cogs's mid-time. Um, but... I don't know. I think it should be okay. I think I think I can manage it. He's he's a forward mid eligible. He's at a juicy price. He won't have to make. He won't have to do score that well to for a long period to uh to just you know make make some queen and then move him on. Yep. No. No. For sure. That totally makes sense. So I think I'm okay with him on my side. I was just hoping to get him to a lower position as opposed to F3 if I could. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it all depends how you're structuring and stuff. Yeah, mm. I'm very much the same as well. Especially at that price point, it'd be good to have like at least three um, primo options. But I think in the forward line, there isn't too many yeah. sure primos that you can hang your hat on apart from dunks and butters for me anyway. Um, outside of that, there's still question marks over the likes of Jordan Degoe. He comes to mind. Um, Trelaw, who we spoke of earlier as mm. well, who we're still a little bit unsure about. 
Um, so Heaney, he has as many. Yeah, yeah Heaney. I think he shares as many question marks as those guys. So I think just based on price point alone, that's the reason yeah. why I'm going for him in F3. But yeah, totally, totally understand what you mean there. But there is another teammate as well who has been spoken about uh, to play more forward who we were surprised with uh, in this game as well, weren't we? Yeah. Well, Timmy Taranto, the Birdman of 2021 for Liam. Um, <laughs> not for me, baby, not for me. 529.7K mid and forward eligible. Uh, Taranto is another who Leon Cameron has a stumping at shadows. Will he play more midfield time? Will he play more forward time? Or won't he? What will he do? No one knows. Not even Leon Cameron because he just throws it, flips a coin and <laughs> decides on the game day. Um, doesn't even decide. He just flips a coin. He yeah. says... That's like what you're doing now. Like, like Two-Face. Yeah, That's pretty like, much. His voice of reason is a is a, is a coin. Mm. Uh, but oh, he did play predominantly through the middle against the Swans, and he looked impressive. But uh, I know, Damon, you don't really trust Leon Cameron. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, he's definitely going to pull a shifty on us and... It's just gonna all come crashing down. I, I feel feel like yeah. that's what happened to me last year, and um, <laughs> just he he pulled a swifty on me, pulled him, put him forward after I traded him out. And he kicks what six goals or something? It's ridiculous. He he was the main <sighs> reasons to my what do you call it renaissance? Like my yeah. my my rise back at the ranks and my as we referred to it last episode, my Stephen Bradbury mm. like performance, like of me beating you because I think I was two games behind you in our head to head. And he was part of the reason. Yeah, he kicked six and then he played a bit of time in the midfield and still kicked bags of goals. But for me, he, he's an option that I think, yeah, you could potentially, if you're a bit more, if you like to live a bit more dangerously, um, you could probably, you know, throw him in your F3 or F2 if you can afford to. But for me, he's an upgrade option um, because again, I'm just, I don't trust Leon. Um, so yeah, I think at that price point, He's an upgrade option for me. Yeah, I think he'll stay around the same price point. I don't think he'll mm. massively, like I don't think he'll end up, he might end up at 600 at some stage if he has sort of a purple batch, but I think he'll sort of sit around that five, maybe up to 550. So I don't think you're going to have to shell out too much extra if you get him down the line. Yeah, yep. But uh, moving on to uh, the last player that uh, caught our eye uh, from this game, and it was mm. Braden Pruce. Price at two hundred and four seven hundred. Um, obviously a ruck, and our worst fears were confirmed when Bruce he wasn't actually activated into the game uh, fully until the th- well that was it because they played more than they like, played the six quarters portions six yeah. portion yeah I don't know it's weird calling so, quarters but yeah yeah at three quarter time or the third portion whatever whatever you want to call it um, he was activated and Matt Flynn had um, he was like the first. Ruck choice. So that in itself says to me that you can't hang your hat on Bruce as your R2 um, mm. and definitely not your R1. So if you're in that camp, I would reassess at this stage, even before heading into the um, the next preseason game um, in freeing up a bit of coin because it looks as though at this stage, he's not going to start as their first choice Ruckman in round one. And uh, even more so, Kieran Briggs was uh, also given an opportunity as the main Ruck in, uh, in portion five. So... Yeah, I mean, I'd want to see more. Um, initially, I had Proust as my R3, but, I mean, tying up that amount of coin uh, mm. on your bench, I just can't justify it um, unless he is playing as that first-choice Ruckman. So, for me, uh, he's still on the cusp of the best 22 from what, what we saw, and for me, he's not not even going to be factored in at the moment for me. No, I traded him out 
two is that my R3, um, I've moved him on. Um, I was a bit sick of it. Um, yep. bit sick of his, uh, yeah, lack of, um, scoring and sort of that, that, that lack of surety of being a best 22, but let's move on to the next game. West coast, uh, V Fremantle. Let's kick it off with Nick Natanui, 627.4 K rock eligible. Um, he's, I guess the part of the rock options and he's not a bad choice. Uh, Nick Nat manages some great scoring despite his managed time on ground, looking into his 115.3 average from 2021 there. It's mainly made up, his points sort of mainly made up of hitouts to advantage at 61 points per week. Um, he also records the least points from disposals and marks. Um, and I think that just shows that he doesn't need much of the ball to actually score well. So these stats are actually from some handy posts and spreadsheets shared by our good friend of the show, Empa. Um, so check him out on Twitter at EMPR. Um, would I personally go for Nick Nat? The answer is probably maybe. He's on par with Grundy price-wise, but I think ownership-wise, Nick Nat will end up being a bit of a pod compared to the likes of Grundy, uh, Gorn and Darcy. I don't dislike the pick if you're a bit of a risk taker. Um, he did score pretty well last year. He, I think he, he made, I think he scored, he turned up in most games last year in the end. Um, I think there was like two or three that he didn't, but I think that the tried and true Gorndy combo is what I'd suggest at this stage. Yeah, I'm very much in that uh, in that camp of the Gaundy, uh even though at the moment it's the the da Dawn Dawndy da Dandy Dandy combo Darcy and and Grundy combo, um, but yeah, for me uh, he doesn't really factor in too much, even though he does score quite well with limited game time. I think at the moment his um, ownership is around about ten percent, but um, mm-hmm. interesting to take note of that. But for me, Gaundy combo uh, every day of the week. Uh, moving yeah, on enough. to another impressive rookie in uh, in Frio's camp, which is Nathan O'Driscoll, priced at one twenty three nine hundred, selectable as a defender or midfielder, and uh, without wanting to jinx it, Nod, as we'll call him, or Noddy, <laughs> looks all but certain for a round one debut on the wing and off halfback for the for the uh, the Dockers, and at that price, uh, with his DPP status, I think he's a he's a rookie rookie lock um, should get ample opportunity in a young Frio side and is shown uh, quite a few uh, promising signs. Yeah. I think, uh, I think as long as his name to be in my side, uh, decent price midfield, uh, sorry, DPB status. Great. Um, but moving on, Will Brody, 224.3K forward and midfield eligible. He did play a heap through the middle against the Eagles and that did catch the eye uh, with those 19 CBAs that he, that he had. He's a cheapish option, I guess. For a forward role, cheapish, yeah. uh, which is what we need without any solid cheap rookies at this stage. I'd probably want to see him cement his spot. Fife and Fun- Fife and Mundy didn't play um, in the scratch match, um, so I wanted to see them in the side um, before I could really make a call. But I'd watch and see another week before making the final call. But at this stage, he's uh, he's out. He's not in my side. Yeah, I'm very much in the same camp as well. He was a ball magnet in his junior days mm-hmm. and um, in his early days as well at uh, the Suns when he got a, a, an opportunity as well as a half-decent time on ground. So, um, I mean, the signs are there that he actually can have a breakout season for the Dockers. Um, but for me, uh, just to wait and see to see how he performs in that second game. But uh, rounding it out, uh, just a note as well. Um, Campbell Chesa or Chesa, I don't know how you'd... Mm. Pronounce his name, but uh, youngster for the Eagles, who was pri- or still priced at one forty eight eight hundred, 
as a defender and a midfielder. A lot of people had him in their team. So this is just a, a word of warning that uh, if you weren't across it, unfortunately, he uh, he did cop a foot injury uh, in that game um, and he will miss approximately three months, unfortunately. Um, but of course, the silver lining here um, from a super coach standpoint is it gives us a bit of a downgrade option later in the season when he returns and highly touted for the Eagles. So no doubt he mm. will get an opportunity at some stage when he is fully fit. Yep. And now moving on to the final game of the, the sort of the unofficial pre uh practice matches uh, was Geelong versus Richmond, Sam DeConning, 123.9K defend defender and forward. Uh, Sam didn't do much to catch the eye, played a pretty defensive role, which probably won't be very conducive to scoring. Uh, Jack Henry also missed, so there's no real certainty of his job security. So poor job security and poor uh, scoring potential doesn't really bode that well, even at 123.9K. If he if he's named, uh, I don't know. Maybe he could sit on your bench, but I've got no. Um, there's no. Uh, my gut feel is just that he's probably not going to get 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 that extended run that we probably want from him if he's going to be scoring poorly. Yeah, and we know as well from uh, from this particular uh, coach uh, of the Scott mm. variety, we know what he can do with youngsters as well. He can give them a game, and then they could be playing a half decent game and then they get dropped. So for me, he is someone that I wouldn't be banking on, you know, in your starting side. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you have other backup options there in case he does get dropped. Um, if he does look as though he's named for round one, because yeah, he could be dropped at the drop of a hat. Um, moving on to Tom Stewart, uh, priced at 585, 700. And uh, despite returning from a Liz Frank injury sustained last season, he didn't really look like he missed a beat, really. Um, he returned in fine fiddle, had a great season prior to injury, of course, and looks set to continue that on uh, if uh, if that game uh, just gone is any indication. He's a player uh, definitely on my watch list, as he is yours, I know, Liam. Mm-hmm. So I'd need to find a way to, to fit him into my team. And again, he's in that same sort of round that mark as a, a, a crisp, a Ridley or a short. So yeah, again, that... That injury still lingers, um, even though it looks as though he's in really good form. Took a really awesome mark as well mm. in that game. Bit of a Jezalinko, you beauty about mm. it. Um, but yeah, for me, he's on the cusp, but I'll wait and see how he performs in the second game. No, definitely, I agree. Um, moving on to the next player, next cover for the rank, it's Tyson Stengel, 247.5K, forward eligible. He played a pretty good game, breeding four goals, but we can't expect performances like that from him every week. Um, he's playing as a small forward who will be reliant on goals for good scoring performances in Supercoach. So I'd watch his next game before bringing him in. His elevated price means he'll need to he'll need better scoring to get you the requisite cash before you cull the cash cow. So he'll need you know to get that 100, 150 um, k. He's going to have to score better than you know someone at a one one twenty one fifty sort of k mark. Yeah, it probably comes down to you'd, you'd need to sacrifice someone like a Charlie Curano who's around mm. that similar price point. So wait and see how he performs in the next game and uh, make a decision off the back of that. Uh, moving on to uh, another impressive young star for the Tigers in Hugo Ralph Smith. And uh, he's priced at 206 700 selectable as a forward or a midfielder. And he actually played a really uh, great game off halfback, taking, uh, you know, I guess the role that uh, the now-retired Hooley had. 
And uh, with his cheap price and, uh, as we've mentioned, few rookie options, if uh, Ralph Smith can cement a role off halfback, he could be a nice little cash cow. Mm. But uh, I'd probably watch for the next game, uh, especially because of the fact that Rioli didn't play. And uh, as we know, last season, Rioli was playing that halfback role late in the year. So um, it could be a bit of a competition for that specific spot. Yeah, no, I agree there. Um, now onto the big one, Dusty Martin, 503.5K forward midfield eligible. Dusty looks good in his return from, it was a kidney injury, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. kidney injury. injury yeah. He had increased midfield minutes, noticeably up on sort of last year, but uh, you got a sort of caveat to that is that Cochin and Graham both missed the game. So we need to see Dusty playing alongside them to garner a true indication of the role in his, in his midfield time. He's one to watch, but we all know how he sort of loves a blistering start against the Blues and then hits cruise control until about mid-season and then picks it back up. So I think you'll get him cheaper later on. So he's not one, even if you don't get him cheaper, you get him for around the same price at some stage. So I don't think it's it's worth um, getting him in right now. Totally agree there. I think he's done it now for about three or four seasons in a row now. So yeah. that's enough um, history for me to be like, all right, well, I'll just wait for him to uh, to drop in price and when he uh, takes himself off cruise control. Uh, but moving on to uh, the last play to round out our uh, analysis. This has been been a big analysis, so we hope you've been enjoying it. Been going into a fair bit of detail here and it is a little bit of an extended episode, just looking at the runtime there on my uh, on my roadcaster. But um, last player is Jaden Short, uh, priced at 535-200. And um, the question remains, Liam, is he going to suck us in yet again? <laughs> like last year, as we know, uh, he started the preseason with an absolute bang and he's done it again, uh, as we saw in this specific game. And he is the preseason king, I think. So hopefully yeah. he can convert it uh, into, uh, into round one and beyond. And in this game, he finished with a whopping 35 disposals and mind you, 29 of which were kicks. So uh, that in itself shows that, um, you know, he obviously had a really big game in itself, uh, but he did share the kick-in duties with Vlosten. So he didn't have that, as we call it, lion's share mm. over the kick-ins. Um, for me, it comes down to Ridley and Short, like I've been saying, Ridley, Short, Crisp, um, those guys, they're sort of vying for the same spot. So whether or not he gets a, a starting spot in my team, or whether or not he's an upgrade option comes down to probably this next game, um, and that will be a um, a bit of a coin flip. It's a bit a bit of a um, a three sided coin flip if you could do that um, <laughs> at the moment. So um, yeah, just wait and see for me. Yeah, I don't mind the picker short. Um, he can manage to rack up the possessions off half back with ten touches and six marks in the first quarter alone. Um, his lethal long range kicking also helps his super coach scoring. Um, especially when paired with, with a kicking, obviously, is a great pick, but not on my list at this stage. I think I'd want to see more. Um, and I think other options present more value at this stage. Now, that brings us to the end of our first practice game analysis. We'll be watching the next set of official practice matches with bated breath, hoping to get a better sense of which rookies we can count on, which mid-prices present the best value, and uh, praying there's no injuries to our beloved primos. Oh, we've, already ha- we've already had a few. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't need my, my number one beloved primo and Walshy, but we won't go there. But um, thank God we've gone to the end because I've run out of water and I'm getting a bit of a cotton mouth at the moment, uh, to borrow a term from me, myself and Irene, Jim Kerry. <laughs> um, so I need a bit of water, but... Excuse me. I'm just going to go and have a drink later. Yes, thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in to this, uh, this mammoth episode. But before we wrap up, uh, let's just remind the listeners where they can find us. 
Yes, you're on YouTube. You'll find us um, if you search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, just search at Supercoach underscore Edge for Damon at DamonJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. But Absolutely. Damon, what about our Discord? Ah, of course. I can't forget that. We, uh, we spoke about it at the very top of the show. Um, and just to, to round it off, um, again, yes, we uh, are offering three tiers in our Patreon this year. So for $5 a month, you can get access to our exclusive Discord where you can chat with other Supercoach Edge diehards and access exclusive bonus content. The next tier up is $10 a month and you get the same benefits as tier one, of course, but with an exclusive fortnightly live stream chat uh, with Liam and myself. And now for the big one, which is tier three. And it is, of course, the cash league, which a lot of people have been hitting us up about. Uh, So for $15 a month, which I guess in perspective is probably the price of three coffees over the course of a month. So um, cutting back three coffees over those four weeks, um, that's what uh, it's going to set you back. But um, just in terms of what you'll get in return for that, because you need to get value for money and boy, do you get value for money because mm. you get all benefits from tier one and tier two, but you also get access to that, uh, exclusive super coach edge cash league where you get to compete against Liam and myself and other diehard super coach fans. And you're playing off for the top prize of $400, a shiny super coach championship ring courtesy of super coach championship rings. And of course, a guest spot on the last podcast. So there's only, as we said, 13 spots up for grabs that are remaining. So if you're keen, get in quick. We'll put all the um, all the links in the show notes on YouTube and uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you're listening to the podcast at the moment. So um, get in quick, check that out. And uh, if you want to sign up, do so relatively quickly before the spots are snapped up. Yeah, and for those in the league that miss out on the major prize, you'll go in the running to win an exclusive Supercoach Edge prize, which is to be announced shortly. So if you want to find out more and join our Patreon, head to www.patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge. And also, I know a lot of people out there will be thinking, oh, what about your uh, your free Supercoach uh, Edge group? Yes, we will be releasing that uh, next week uh, at the conclusion of, I guess, the the, the official um, <laughs> Amy Community Series preseason game so uh we'll be uh tuning for that and we'll be releasing the code for that as well um but to round it off that brings us to the uh the very end of the show and um i think it's time to buckle ourselves in for uh, a last bit of preseason study with the amy community series games kicking off this thursday again uh with my mob carlton facing the d's but um until then thanks so much for joining us yeah catch you next week Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.